Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tales from the Fog. I'm your host, Casey, and with me, as always, is the amazing and wonderful Veronica. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, all things considered, yeah. What's been going on in your quarantined life? Well, I, uh, not much has changed. Well, uh, kind of both. A lot has changed, and at the same time, it's business as usual. My emotional state is upside down and frantic, which is kind of normal. And I'm still going to work, which is kind of normal. Um, yeah, I guess things are kind of normal. Yeah. Well, I'm only working 30 hours instead of 40. And as starting Monday, I'm going to be in my own little box <laughs> <laughs> that's been disinfected and no one can come in. That'll be fun. Um, other than that, I've been enjoying my extra day off every week and spending time with our new little friend. And Yes, we yeah. got a new puppy. Mm-hmm. He is a handful. Sure is. His name is Lucy the Subdemon, Oscar Meyer, Nyhart. Mm-hmm. But we call him Lucy. And if the name sounds familiar, it's because he's named after the uh, the subdemon character from Disenchantment. Yeah. And he lives up to his name. He is the, definitely a little demon. He is a wild, wild doggy. So, um, I don't know if we, we've recorded since we lost Willow, right? Yeah. So our dachshund passed away um, February 15th, and it has sucked every day since then without her here. And Hula got really lonely, and we were like, you know what, I think it's time. We need to see about bringing another doggy into our life. And there, and she there is. is. There he is. We adopted this little creature uh, a week ago today. So happy gotcha day, little guy. And he is insane. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. He's really great. I haven't had a boy doggy in a long time, so there's some things I'm learning. But um, he's a snuggle bug. He's loving. He trusts us. He barks a lot, which is kind of weird because the other doggos didn't bark very much. But he's just a joy. We love having him around the house. So I guess that's uh, that's the biggest news in my world is there's another doggy who wants to snuggle with me, and I love it. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a mama's boy. Very much a mama's boy. And, like, it's hard sometimes because I still miss Willow so much, but, like, the heartache is, like, a little less painful. It's still there, but it's not as bad. And then when this little guy gives me kisses, it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, there's someone else who will let me smother them in kisses and feed them treats they probably shouldn't have. And, (laughs) you know, will be my emotional support demon. So, yeah, what's new with you, man? Um, a lot and not a lot at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'm not working, obviously, because live events aren't happening. But that doesn't mean that I'm not working. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I joined the Live Events Coalition, which started out as, um, basically, I don't know if you saw, but live entertainment workers don't usually get or qualify for unemployment. Right. So this whole thing started as we could see the writing on the wall. This is going to be a long time, and live events are usually the last thing to come back. So we knew that the people in the industry were in it for a long haul. And we also knew that they needed money, and we're like, they should qualify. We're like one of the few countries that live event people don't qualify for unemployment um, because we don't work for any one company. We work for a bunch of different companies, and Mm -hmm. so it's hard to track the money, and it's hard to, you know... And so, it, and sometimes it's contractor, sometimes it's W-2, blah, blah, blah. There's like a lot of moving parts in it. 
And so like I just basically joined to help promote this thing that was going on writing congressmen and senators and and trying to get help for the people in the industry that I work with. Mm-hmm. And obviously it worked. We did we were able to in all 50 states get people onto unemployment. How which did is you great. do that? Um, well, luckily, um, Adam Shift, I believe his name is, he's the representative in Congress from Los Angeles. Uh, he was basically the main instrument in getting it pushed through. Uh, he, we got on a call with him and a senator, and I can't remember her name, but she was from New York. Um, and we basically, there was about 20 of us on the call from different aspects of live events in different areas of the country. And we basically kind of just talked to them about what our industry does, what it impacts, how many small businesses are involved, blah, 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 like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they took all that information. Um, they did some, uh, interviews with people and all that stuff they could take back to other congressmen and senators and basically do a presentation and be like, look, we need to help these guys. This is everything that it impacts. It's not just this one little company or this one little group of people. You know, it impacts the entire, you know, hotels, venues, you know, even people that own parking lots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just this huge industry that affects so much of our country. Um, was there a sentiment among the people in charge that they didn't have a full scope of how many warm bodies it actually takes to to run the event uh, sector of entertainment? Um, yeah, I mean, really nobody does because it's designed to not be seen. Right. And so the whole point is you're supposed to show up to a concert or an event and this magical thing happened. It's always been there. <laughs> and then it just disappears. Yeah. And you're not supposed to see how it gets put together or where it goes. Mm-hmm. Very much and so designed. by design, you know, people just don't understand how many people are behind the scenes and how many people make a show go. Yeah. And so that was a big, you know, once you tell them, oh, yeah, you know, that tiny little concert that you like, there was 50 to 60 people involved in that. Uh, you know, it kind of changes your minds, like how many concerts are every single night in the country mm-hmm. you know it's, how many people coachella hires yeah to get i mean coachella is thousands and thousands of people for yeah. three months yeah. um you know so it's crazy so you know that kind of started like that and so once we got that done we were like oh cool we got it done and then everybody was like well what do we do now <laughs> so it's kind of become a it's, it's starting to turn into what would be considered a lobbying group the, oh. the idea is is because the the industry is so segmented between people that work conventions, people that work concerts, people that work festivals, people that do corporate meetings, people mm-hmm. that do any number of things in the live entertainment industry that fall under that, even the uh, managers uh, that run the event spaces at hotels. I mean, there's this huge gamut that it, and they've never come together under one roof until the live event coalition started they never really had to because the only thing they had in common was one you basically work for yourself or a tiny company or you know none of you could apply for unemployment so when november december january rolls around you just know to save your money yeah like those are the two main things that 
Yeah, and so now basically it's not, I mean, it wouldn't be considered a union or a plan to unionize, but it's more of trying to become a lobby group that encompasses everything that is live events Mm -hmm. in order to help uh, get some more protections uh, for the, I mean, they all pay taxes, they all do everything they're supposed to do, so why wouldn't they be afforded the same protections as anybody else? And so um, part of that is, is, you know, right now it's about let's get back to a somewhat normal space, whatever that's going to look like in the future. Um, But we're having the talks with congressmen and mayors and uh, senators and people from health organizations and all those things. Every single week we have a meeting. Um, And it's with somebody else or whatever and we discuss what the future of the event industry looks like we discuss um what protections need to be put into place or how we can make it so that the people that work in this industry are more protected in the future if something like this happens so um how do you feel like it's evolved from that first meeting with those senators through to where you are now uh i think it went from people being very cynical and maybe not, I mean, they just didn't understand the economic impact. Who people? The congressmen? Yeah, like congressmen and senators and stuff. And they didn't understand why, you know, why if you're an independent contractor, you should be allowed to get unemployment. It's just they don't know because they've never. Yeah. And so it might be come down to a thing that, you know, I mean, there's so much things so it's hard to get into the weeds about it but you know it it went from that to wow like this really is a huge economic powerhouse I mean it's one of the biggest industries in the country Mm -hmm. and if it goes down it's not just affecting that industry it's thousands of industries in the country Mm -hmm. Um, from like technology to trucking to you know all kinds of stuff Um, So it went from, yeah, kind of like more of a cynical view to a much more open and thoughtful discussion process. Hmm. Yeah. So it's been good. It's been fun. And it's fun to kind of see it grow. You know, we started out with like, I mean, when when I was brought in, there was 20 of us. And Mm -hmm. I think now there's close to 500,000 people worldwide. So we have the National Event Coalition Mm -hmm. and then where we have one that started in Canada and we have one for the European Union and we have one in India and I think we have one in Australia. That's fantastic. And so it's kind of starting to become a globalized effort Mm -hmm. now because there are some other countries where it's similar that, you know, event industry is kind of not thought about, you know, in, in the government perspective. It's an interesting thing to have to suddenly um, flag for so hard because entertainment itself is one of those kind of evergreen worlds where regardless of what's going on, you know, globally, politically, you know, with the weather to an extent, it's kind of like the show must go on and we as humans really need that. Yeah. But this is kind of the one worst case scenario where that thing has been taken away. And that's a really interesting place to find yourself because it's not like 
I see kind of what they were going with. Like if you're an independent contractor, you're responsible for your own bread and butter. It must be your own fault that you're not getting booked, right? Like, you know, they can kind of like pass the buck and say it's your fault. Kind of like an MLM, like, well, you didn't succeed. It must be your fault. (laughs) But in this case, it's so blaringly obvious that no one person is responsible for, you know, the actions that took place because of what's going on. So it's, it's fascinating to watch something that, was once perceived as invincible. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of the industries that's considered recession-proof. Yes. And it's just... It th- in fact, it thrives. Was because obliterated. people will forego, you know, buying something important if they can buy something that's going to soothe, soothe their soul for a minute. Yeah. And that's the entertainment industry, why it even exists, mm-hmm. why we need it so badly. And to have that element of it taken away to such an extent is it's very interesting. And it should... I'm, grateful that it's able to shed light on the shortcomings of the protections of the industry at the same time i wish it didn't have to be this way but i'm really glad to see that something's coming of it yeah so on to less depressing news if we may yeah let's (laughs) so just because we're quarantined and uncertain futures lie ahead doesn't mean we don't have some halloween news how is that possible Well, things change. However, as of right now, Hmm. Horror Nights, Nightmares released their first preview map that they call based on rumors. And they're usually, I mean, last year they were like 100% accurate on their first try. Oh, wow. So more than likely, these are the mazes that will be or would be at Horror Nights this year. Now, it's for Orlando. But as we know, they they share IP, so any of the IP mazes will probably be ones that would be here in Hollywood as well. Okay. So, so uh, you want to talk about some possible maze ideas and what you think about them? Before we dig in and suspend all disbelief, do you think that we're going to have a haunt season this year? I think as of right now, it's... Mm, I'll give it a 50-50 shot. That's a pretty good shot, considering they're thinking about halting public events until 2021. Yes. um, I think theme parks would be a little bit different than, say, a Coachella or something like that. How so? Kind of like the way they're monitoring the flow-through at, like, Walmart? Yeah, so I don't know if it would be a reduced capacity event if they, you know... Obviously, they're all hard at work trying to figure out the best way to manage this and what going to a theme park is going to look like after this whole thing ends. Yeah, well. I mean, <laughs> yeah. rides aren't designed to stop for a long period of time. So, like, uh, are they going to have to redesign the software so that when a roller coaster train comes in, the staff can disinfect the entire thing before the next people get in? Oh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what what does that look like? That's like a dystopian... Tomorrowland. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to, if you're talking about Indy, you'd have to go down to like four Jeeps on the entire track if you had to do that because... They must... I think that something that they're going to invent for this is going to be a kind of like the disinfecting shower that you can go through, but it makes every single car drive through it and it sprays a disinfectant onto everything. But that would be completely re-engineering every single ride. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it'd be crazy. We're re-engineering our entire lives on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, things are definitely crazy right now. So let's pretend that there is for sure going to be a Halloween season. Yes. Because that's a happy place. And I like... (laughs) 
The Happy Place. All right. Um, okay. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House oh. would be one. Okay. Which I think would be cool. Sure. Yeah. What Haunted do you house. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it. No. I they can they can put a scary mask on a pile of shit and it's probably gonna be great. As long as they don't paint the walls black, I don't care. Oh yeah, they had a lot of those last year. Yeah. Uh Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Based on the Netflix. I show. would like to amend my previous statement and say that they could put almost <laughs> almost anything out there and it wouldn't be a pile of shit with some walls. Have you watched the new Sabrina? No, 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 no. No. It's no. It's supposed no. to be much darker. No. 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 Alright. No. Uh Gremlins. Alright, you got me back. <laughs> <laughs> Down for Gremlins? Yes. Alright. Uh Universal Monsters the Bride. Oh. Doesn't say which bride. Bride of Frankenstein. Dracula's Bride. Which bride are we talking about? I don't know. How about just a ladies' night, baby? So it'd just be all brides? Yes. From every single genre? Sure. Feminist icon. Yes. All right. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, man, which one do I want to do next? Okay, one of them is Beetlejuice. Oh, yay. Yeah. Now, there was, they are doing a second Beetlejuice, right? So I don't know if this would be based off of the second one or it would be original Beetlejuice. That's news to me. They're doing a second Beetlejuice? I believe they are, yeah. Or why? were. Why? <laughs> because why not? Oh, okay. I'm down for a maze, though. Yeah. It lends true. itself very much to... Oh, wait, they haven't done that before? No. Nobody has? No. I'm wow. sure the cost, the rights to right. do it... Oh, my God. It's probably so much. Probably prohibitive. Yeah. But if they're doing it to get people... Because young kids... How many young kids really know who Beetlejuice is? Mm, so if it's yeah. just kind of a marketing thing to get people to understand what Beetlejuice is so then they can market their movie easier. Do they do that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. All the time. Mm. Doesn't that devalue the whole point of a haunt and no. the grassrootsiness of the storytelling no. and the reason for the gathering? No. no? Lots no. used to do IP mazes, too. Well, it doesn't make it any less savory or more savory. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then the last one is the most interesting idea, I guess, because mm -hmm. Horror Nights Hollywood has a long history of doing music mazes. So they did... Oh, yeah, yeah. They did Rob Zombie. They mm -hmm. did Alice Cooper. Mm -hmm. They did... Did they do an Aussie maze? I don't Can't know. Remember. Uh, so they have another music maze this year. Metallica. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome, but no. Oh, wait, Ghost wait. would be awesome, too, but no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me... I want, is, it, is, it, is it a recent band, or is it like a classic it's band? a recent band or artist. Spooky? I guess so. What genre? Pop. Really? I would, I guess. Imagine Dragons? No. <laughs> Billie Eilish. Oh. That's just as asinine a suggestion as, as Imagine Dragons would have been. Yeah. Why? I don't know. But it's on there. Um, and then if you're into Orlando, uh, Legendary Truth is making a comeback as a maze. Oh, really? Which was... By far one of my favorite mazes they've ever done. And is that the one you went through by yourself? No. Legendary Truth is a ghost hunting 
um, the the TV show company, I guess. Yeah. And the one that I did was called the Wing Wing Dot Estate, and you went in with the it's very like paranormal activity before paranormal or not paranormal activity paranormal ink mm-hmm. and knots before paranormal ink existed. Um, <laughs> and you went into the house and shit went crazy, but they did way better as far as like effects of like ghosts and stuff like holy shit it was insane did they use like movie magic yeah to getting the okay and like the the setups were just awesome and like things that they did i mean they had a a ghost on a bike but like it rode past the window but if you think about how you're riding a bike make the back bend 90 degrees backwards so like the actor was on a horizontal plane mm-hmm. while the bike rode by, but well, you couldn't see past his, you couldn't see his legs. So it's like all black light trickery. Oh, fun. Like really cool stuff like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, they had a under the floor ghost, which was freaking <laughs> awesome. He was like on a little dolly system, un- literally under the floor. And they had certain like plexiglass sections and the ghost rode around on this little track underneath the house and they could trigger effects from underneath you. That sounds like the kind of stuff that you could pull for the idea that you have for a maze. Yeah. Like a lot of of parallel ideas. Yeah. Super cool. So Legendary Truth, by far, one of the most awesome mazes I ever did. Glad Mm. it's coming back. It's a completely different maze, though. It's just the same characters, I guess, as far as the ghost hunting company. Um, Everything goes through a resurgence. Yep. And then they have one called Terra Terra Cruntinus. Which what? I think is like a Roman legion thing because I did another Roman legion thing two years ago. It's like a Roman era maze. What an odd pull, but a great opportunity for some wardrobe. Yeah, that's basically Hell I think yeah. what it comes down to. Is and fighting. Yeah, all the stunt awesome kids wardrobe. are going to be so yeah. happy about that. Uh, and then one called Dungeon of Terror. That could be anything. Dungeon of Terror. Mm-hmm. Is it like an episode of Hoarders? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> that would actually be a really good maze. It's Hoarders the maze. It's kind of one of those things that's a little too real. Do you know what I mean? Like, like remember the, like, when climb through shit? Well, like I mean, th- like things being too real. Like that in that alien attack, was it where there was the baby under the floor and people were were like? No, that was the underground. Was the underground had what, same had, footprint or same location on the map though wasn't it the no. underground aliens? underground was in fiesta village oh yeah you're right but uh, yeah they were yeah they had the, like, like little baby in the test tube thing and yeah it, it was, was there like, for like the real. first weekend and then somebody complained yeah yeah but like that kind of like something like hoarders is like everybody collects shit unless you're like a really devout minimalist but it can so easily go out of control it's like mm, it's a little too much yeah. Like it's psychologically upsetting, like having to walk through someone else's piles of, of shit and, you know, rat carcasses everywhere. And, oh, this is sounding like a great idea. Oh, hold on. Tiger King the maze. <laughs> I'm listening. Imagine all the scares. You got giant ass tigers. You got some crazy guy and you got great characters. So many great characters. Oh, my God. You could do awesome. Like all the like the little tiger scares. Like you have to go through a tiger <laughs> cage and they're like jumping out at you. What if it's like that, but... um, And then Carol Baskin comes and buries you. What if Carol Baskin (laughs) comes through and sabotages the, like, like the the... meat? 
or something, and they all turn into zombie cats, and then they start like attacking each other. Now we're getting somewhere. Zombie Zombie tigers tigers. and lions. Yeah. And then you're stuck in the zoo. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. Let's do it. But it's also it crosses species, so whatever virus causes the zombiness in the tigers is also transferable to humans. So when you get bit by a tiger, you turn into a zombie. To a were kitty. Yeah. A were cat. A were cat. I'm down. Let's do it. From a production standpoint, I already hate all of it, but I really want to see it done by somebody else. (laughs) 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 Yes. Hear that, John Cook? Got a new maze idea for the... Oh, he's got this. It's going to be... We got a new maze idea for the hayride. He started last week. It's it's already... (laughs) Don't even worry about it. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) So... There's a new TV show out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, so we talked about this before on another podcast um, and how mysterious it is. And so now there is a new television show on History Channel called The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, no way. Yes. And a whole two, show? Yeah. So two episodes are out right now. It's oh. So if you don't know what Skinwalker Ranch is, it's this location in Utah that is a ranch. 400 and something acres or so. It's big it's a cattle ranch. Uh, and um, what's his name? Bigelow. His last name, Robert Bigelow. Anyway, he owns Bigelow Industries, which is a like a SpaceX type company. They build spaceships and shit. Oh, they also make a fine tea. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he bought it. And he actually got government grants and a scientific group to come in and investigate the ranch because ever since settlers had been there, they said there was this weird stuff going on. And the Indians, because uh, it's all surrounded by Unita Indian tribe land, um, they won't even, like if they walk past the area, they don't even look at the ranch. They pretend like it doesn't exist because they say it's on the path of the skinwalker. Mm. And they don't want to mess with that. So, and a skinwalker is kind of like a werewolf, but they can also, it's more like a demon that can. Yeah, it's like a possession, right? Yeah, or like a reanimation. Like a, like a demon that can transform into pretty much anything, but it usually takes the form of like a werewolf or a human or something else. Like, that was like a bull or something. Like a, yeah, something like a bull or something. There's yeah. a couple of things that it can transform into. Um, but then there's like UFO activity. There's like all this crazy stuff that supposedly goes on there. Uh, so yeah, and this this uh, TV show, a new real estate mogul bought the ranch from uh, it's Jason Bigelow. God, I wish I could remember his first <laughs> name. Anyway, uh, all Let's that stuff deuce. that was done by the Bigelow science team mm-hmm. is classified. And the government won't release any of the information, even though our tax dollars were spent investigating this location. Why is it classified? Uh, well, nobody knows because it's classified. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and people have tried to Freedom of Information Act it, and people are, and they're just like, nope. Hmm. Classified. Um, so this new guy who bought it from him uh, has put together a whole new scientific team. And they are going onto the ranch, and they are investigating, and you can follow along with their shenanigans. Wow. Um, So they have everything from, like, scientists to, uh, 
Well, they're all kind of like scientists, so there's no like real like UFO nut job people, but they do have uh, people that specialize in like UFO stuff, I think, come on as like, um, like kind of like ancient aliens where they just kind of do like interview-ish type stuff. I was just going to ask you if there's any crossover between those two. There is. One of, uh, I think it's on episode three, the lady from Ancient Aliens is going to be on it. The with the journalist. Po- with the, poop, the poodle hair? Yeah. Oh, I love her. I forget what her name is. But yeah, that was on the teaser for episode Carol three. something. Um, but yeah, so it's been interesting. Like the first episode, they kind of like go over the background that I just said. And then they take the team out onto the ranch for the first time. And they experienced some, like, weird stuff, but nothing, like, that you would say is paranormal. And they found out some interesting stuff just by researching. So in Nevada was where the atomic test range was. Mm -hmm. And they found out, looking at the atomic uh, stuff that's been declassified and all that stuff, a lot of the fallout from those above-ground atomic tests in the 50s landed in the Unital Valley, which is right where this ranch is um so one of the things that they're they did was they're like well we want to do a full radiation like sweep so they brought in a company that could come and they went over the entire ranch searching for like radiation and they found some like hot spots where it's like above what would be considered safe to even be around oh sure um so yeah like some cool stuff like that and they said that that could if you were in there for like a prolonged prolonged amount of time, you could possibly have hallucinations or something weird. So, you know, it's interesting. And they're like like eyeballs swelling, nails falling off, teeth falling out kind of like situations? Or is it more like a, just cognitive things that they would relate to? I think it'd be this? like cogn- cognitive stuff. And then the other thing was these they're getting these huge uh, electromagnetic fluctuations like to where it'd be above also be above a safe normal but it's like transient so they move around so they have like these things and it's not like one place that's causing it It, they can follow it around and they don't know what's caught like like sonoma or whatever city it is yeah city of turquoise (laughs) yeah um so yeah it's, it's really really cool it's an interesting show it's done a lot like ghost hunters kind of you know they but more like you know they go over scientific stuff and things it's cool so it's like a good mix between like paranormal fun and like scientific fun hmm. so aside from the radiation and the uh the migrating uh micro electromagnetic whatever has there been any other discoveries or things the, yes so they had one there's like this butte that kind of borders the farm mm-hmm. uh and they had video of it um, just, like, randomly lighting up in the middle of the night. And they couldn't figure out. They don't know what it was. Um, and so they, they decided, like, that was the most physical thing that they could test. Like, that Test just, how? Well, just, like, getting stuff and watching the ridge and seeing if it happens again. If it was just, like, this one-time weird thing or if it's something that occurs occasionally. And so they went out and they did an investigation at night and they put a bunch of cameras on it. And the ridge, behind the ridge, they started seeing this crazy, like, pulsing light. And they couldn't figure out what it was because there's nothing out there. I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, And then so they started, like, 
trying to figure out what it was and they were able to get a camera from a different angle and they saw that there's like this weird light beam that's emitting from the ground and going to the sky and pulsing but they have no idea what is causing it it's not like a hiker who got lost and that's his distress beacon and now he's dead because everyone was like "Ooh, it could be aliens no, and it's really like a human and the entire the ranch reason. is locked down like they have security that patrols and all that stuff so. yeah but what if that person was like you and said fuck that i'm going on a hike and you can't tell me that i can't go over here well this beam like literally basically like went to the moon so it'd be a huge ass light if it was i could see you and it lit up like if you're looking at the night sky it'd be like 95 percent of the night sky was lighting up like a firework i'm just saying i'm not (laughs) gonna write off the possibility that it could be a human who recently went to rei and maxed out his credit cards on some really cool beacon cool i'm it could be or it's aliens but they also had video of where it was coming out of the ground you could not see any person Maybe he also got a really good camouflage suit. Maybe he has a ghillie suit. Maybe he was Bigfoot. Well, I mean, (laughs) the answer is always it could have been Bigfoot. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the show's cool. I think people should check it out. It sounds fun. I'm ready. I'm excited for episode three. They're going to, because of those electromagnetic things, they're going to release a couple weather balloons up into the sky and see if the pattern continues up in the air above it. Oh, I see. So seeing if the pattern is different in the atmosphere as opposed to on the ground. Mm-hmm. You get to do fun things, and I have to go to work. And the only thing I can do is play armchair psychologist to all the crazy people who surround me. Sweet. It's not nearly as fun as what you get to do. No. 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 Oh, <laughs> I missed Decade Brigade. Speaking of, we had a Decade Brigade meeting tonight. Yeah, it wasn't very productive. How could it possibly be productive? On a Zoom call? Yeah. We all slid on Zoom. We're a stunt team and we had a a remote call. Like, come on. (laughs) Oh, There's not even anything to say. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, just doing the best we can with what we got to work with right now. We're basically operating from the point that Universal Florida is operating on. Like, we've got plans. We've got people working on things, but there's a really good chance that we're all working towards 2021. Yeah, but we'll see. We will see. Um, Trying to think of what else is going on, which is absolutely nothing. We bought a quarantine cake because we're grown-ups and we can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Um, We bought an eighth of a sheet cake and uh, wrote happy quarantine on it. And now we're eating cake. and And it was awesome. It was a really good cake. Mm-hmm. Um, have we done anything fun or innovative or unique to us since, uh, we'll call it, since we worked at that um, video game thing? No. We haven't done because that was fun? literally the last thing I did. Yeah. Me, well, uh, with Hammer, that was the last thing I did, too. Mm-hmm. Thank God, because it paid our rent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a hell of a gig to have as the last gig but that made sure that we were able to keep our shit together through it through march but like have we done anything have we made any food have we discovered anything that's been that we wouldn't have otherwise or maybe me not have done otherwise (laughs) i've been just trying to 
uh, keep it together. I've been a homeschool teacher. That's been interesting. Yeah. When you finally turned into the, the handkerchief-headed oaf from Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yes. And then you were able to get through to him. Yeah, he liked that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that is one thing that's been pretty fun, is we've been introducing Xander to some fun new things that we appreciated from our youth. And that's usually how we, you know, like I am obsessed with 80s music because I grew up with it blaring in the house because my mom was basically a kid when I was born. So we grew up together listening to 80s music. So like for Rue, we're starting to introduce him to things that brought us joy as kids. Yes. So he saw The Princess Bride for the first time and he giggled a lot, which made me very happy. Mm -hmm. Um, We showed him Roger Rabbit, but he had already seen that. And uh, we've been showing him clips from Flying Circus in different places, like whatever YouTube would show us, but it's not very much. And then um, we finally got a Netflix uh, account. So we have been catching up on some goodies. We caught up on Nailed It, which is great, but Xander's not really into that. But we started watching Flying Circus. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. And it's still surprisingly, like, it holds up pretty well. It has some glaring flaws well yeah there are some <laughs> there's a little problematic things there's a little just a little bit of blackface just a little, a little just a little, you know a little lot of bit time i i can't even say times were different that's inappropriate for the 60s and the 70s but you know what it was yeah a I different mean, time yeah it's not just blackface it's brown face and like two like Today, even the female impersonation could be seen as like a little, hmm, but they just didn't have a lot of women on the payroll. There's only, what, two women, three women that recur. Anyway, all of that aside, which we can laugh about and realize that it is problematic and we can see the whole thing for what it is instead of for its faults. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. And a lot of it was politically driven. Yeah, very much Which so. is hard to understand now because we don't know what the political system was like in 1960s and 70s England. In England. But, yeah. you know, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it was based on the stupidity of their government at the time. <laughs> so Yeah, and they were just you know, babies. Yeah. They were so young. And they were just doing the only thing that they knew how to do. They were, you know, pointing out the absurdity of the world around them in a, in a funny and clever way. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I love it so much. I love watching it again. We watched, um, we watched uh, the Holy Grail, but Rue didn't see that. I didn't watch it either. I was watching it while I was folding laundry, I guess. But that's another lovely one. I finally, oh, we watched Brazil. Oh, we did watch Brazil. Yeah, that was great. So I had never heard of it before, but um, somebody that I ran into on set in that that cursed movie that we did in January... (laughs) Um, I met this guy who, um, his name is Frank Garish. And like, if you've ever seen, um, the iPhone commercial that has the slow, the slow-mo selfie, the slow fee, he's the, the older Hispanic gentleman that's wiggling his face back and forth in slow motion. And you just show his perspective and it just shows like just the meat on his face kind of like (laughs) slowly sloshing back and forth. And then it cuts to a seat like from the window from inside the house watching the the dude just like shake his face at his phone. Anyway, that's Frank. He's wonderful. He is a super cool guy. Um, He was saying like, if you know, if you're into filmmaking and you like Monty Python, you have to see Brazil. I'm like, what is Brazil? He's like, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. 
just watch it. It's like, all right, you know what? I will. And oh my God, <laughs> such a flick. <laughs> yeah. That's... It was amazing. I want to watch it again. We just rented it. It was a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's like upsetting. And then that was before everything kind of started going to shit. I want to watch it again, having gone through everything we've gone through in the, ma- the last month. Yeah. And it makes be... me wonder, like, am I going to see things differently now? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's another good one to watch. Yeah. We have not been able to double back on Contagion. It hasn't been available on any of the platforms that we have. No. Um, Outbreak was a stupid movie. We're not watching that again. We watched some interesting documentaries about the predictions of pandemics. Yeah, there's which a, were interesting. A good one from 2005 on Amazon Prime called the the coming pandemic or the the next pandemic, the next pandemic the, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. That was good. And they're talking about um, swine flu. And yeah, flu a yeah. It was about when swine and and bird flu were going around and mm-hmm. SARS. Mm-hmm. Which is very similar. What's creepy? They were talking about SARS, but the I mean, it's an you it's know, the same kind of disease. Upper just respiratory, SARS. yeah, and MERS, yeah. It's like all the they same all kind of thing. killed themselves by mutating out to where they didn't affect humans anymore. Yeah, but this one is very smart. Mm-hmm. It's it's mutating into ways that's making it just oh so fun. Mm-hmm. And it's thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. I don't. I can't think of anything else. Well, the the bummer thing about being either at work or at home and um, nigh little else is that um, there's nothing fun to talk about because there's nothing to do. So there's no experiences to share. Other than I found a really interesting spot on the bathroom ceiling, but that's not very interesting, is it? Mm, it could be. I guess. I guess it depends on what that spot is. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. So we're just hanging in there. Yeah, I hope everybody's staying healthy, keeping safe. Mm-hmm. So we are a podcast, and we have listeners of this podcast. I have to imagine that our listeners listen to other podcasts. If you were to recommend another podcast that someone could listen to while they're in the core, um, mm-hmm. what would you recommend to our listeners? Uh, well, if you don't listen or follow Parks and Cons on, uh, YouTube, uh, every Thursday they're doing a live sort of podcast thing with Mr. Ted Doherty. Yay. And they're just kind of going over Halloween haunt history and, and things they like about the event and stuff. So it's kind of cool. That's some fun, um, kind of like Member Berries, Johnstown Memory Lane, fun, good feeling type stuff. Yeah. So that's a fun thing to do. Uh, Bizarre States, if you were at Midsummer Scream last year, they did a signing at our booth. Uh, they are no two longer, or was, was it two years ago? Yes. God damn. I know. Anyway, they are no longer the Bizarre States podcast because Nerdist folding all their podcasts and craziness so they have started a brand new podcast called the untold hour basically the same podcast just new name yeah same people you got jessica chobot and andrew bowser and aries tacos what's his name oh uh um 
I don't know. I can't. I can't think of names quickly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, same crew. Yeah. Uh, same crew. New podcast. New fun things. Uh, oh, and then Jessica Chobot has her brand new TV show with the uh, in partnership with Josh Gates. So they're doing Expedition X, which is like a side project from the Expedition Unknown show, which is Josh Gates' show. That's AKA also the Josh Gates show. Yeah, that's also uh, currently running right now mm-hmm. on the Discovery Channel. And they go and it's like ghost hunters, but they go to crazy locations and look for crazy things. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, Those are my recommendations. I don't know if I have anything that is like in the same vein as what we as we we kind of typically talk about. Mm-hmm. Um but my go-tos are um, The Ralph Report and um, a show called The Daily Zeitgeist. And that's kind of like a news sort of... Um, it's news and like pop culture and that kind of stuff, but it's it has a very specific um, perspective that I find very refreshing where, you know, you could get news from you know, CNN and you can look at Yahoo headlines, you can hop on Twitter and, and look at what's trending, but, or you can just listen to this one show and the dudes kind of interpret all of it for you and they have funny guests and because they're all podcasters by trade anyway, they all have the equipment so they all still sound good and it's like, they didn't really miss a beat with switching over into this remote type of yeah. stuff. And I like it. It's a show that I look forward to. And it's every day. They were actually, they release twice a day. Wow. They release one that's like an hour and some change. And then another one that's in the neighborhood of 15 minutes in mm-hmm. the afternoon. And um, it brings me great joy. And then the Ralph Report is, um, you have to get it on Patreon. So you do have to pay for it. Um, but you can pay anywhere from like $3 will give you the episodes. $5 gets you access to like, um, they do like web meetings and stuff where like you kind of like hang out in like a a pile of friends and then um 20 bucks you like get extra perks and shit but i stopped paying for the 20 bucks ages ago (laughs) like i can't afford it and i didn't utilize any of the perks anyway but um that's ralph garman who used to be on k-rock here in southern california if you are in the area and like that whole explosion that happened with k-rock yeah where they just dumped the morning show that had like a lot of people went to the Ralph report because they remembered Ralph from those morning show days mm-hmm. and they were already missing him, but at least they had something. And then when that went away completely, they're like, well, fuck now, what do I do? And then, you know, they found Ralph. So, so is he bringing on uh, he's, the old morning crew and they're going to well, start it up on the Ralph report? They talk, you know, like they, they still, they have like text chains and stuff, but they like there's legal reasons why they can't just hop on in and start talking. And then Kevin is... In England now, right? No, Bean's in England. Oh, Bean's in England, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he he bailed a couple of months ago. But Kevin is still, like, processing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's probably going to be some time before he comes out and talks about anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, those are fun. Um, If you like uh, weird, backwoods, morbid like lovingly violent type of humor i would recommend a show called behind the bastards (laughs) (laughs) it's this guy who um he writes he's a a phenomenal writer and he travels the world and he he like unearths this like crazy gritty stuff about humanity but puts it in a way that's he's from texas and like 
if you let him go, he talks about like machetes and ca- open carry and like bag of knives. He's he's like bag of knives, but if bag of knives could write like an angel, is like this guy. <laughs> but he's insanely eloquent and very funny, and he always has very funny guests that come in. And that's I think he's he does twice a week. He has yeah. that show, but I laugh every time, and it's so dark and mm. really highlights it's like putting a black light on the stained sheets of humanity <laughs> it's just it's so great oh i got another one. Oh, the boogie monster podcast oh yeah Kyle Kinane and dave stone yes Kyle Kinane is awesome and it's it started out as a paranormal podcast it quickly turned into a cooking podcast <laughs> and now it's a cooking podcast where they occasionally talk about paranormal shit I feel like we, as a, a team, have evolved in a similar kind of way. <laughs> Especially when we were doing Ninja. Like, it was almost a sports podcast, like, yeah. athletic baseball. <laughs> so, yeah, those are all good recommendations. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. fun hanging out. So, what, um, let's see, we can do, as we kind of get ready to sign off, um, what is something that you would like to do in the next, we'll say, week with your time in the choir for you. For me. For you, like personally for you. So you've got like personal stuff, you've got career stuff, and you've got family stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And you like typically want to like try to hit one of those, one thing from each category every day. Yeah. But like you can also extend it to like a week. So it's what thing that you want to do for you in the next week the next week uh i think i'll have my movie script finished so is that a goal for you you want to be done with it yeah that's a big goal yeah done and then ready for like pre-production meetings maybe maybe it'd be nice if you can get all those things lined up so that when we're allowed to convene once again I don't know how you will shop for for financing, but that's got to be going on, too. Yeah. Like, the money is there somewhere. Maybe we'll go fund it. People got stimulus checks to spend. <laughs> yeah, they also have rent to pay. Psh, forget rent. Back well, to my movie. Oh, no. <laughs> If that's what filmmaking is, like, I want you, my friend, I would like to alienate this relationship right here and now. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the movies? Oh. Welcome to the industry. That's MLM. Again, we circle back to MLM. (laughs) Let's see. In the next week, a personal thing that I would like to do for myself. It's hard because I typically um don't do much for myself i usually have goals in relation to something else Mm -hmm. um and i have my little ocd things like i have to do that stretching app every day and i'd like to do like whatever challenge we've got going every day Mm -hmm. but um i'd say i would like to have in place a new diet uh, I'll call it more of like a philosophy because getting the plan is more like hours to spend. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to have those hours to spend because I'm still working. But I want to get ready to launch into eating like a grown up again. 
Will this new diet philosophy have cake involved? It will, but it will not revolve around cake. So basically what... Will this cake be revolving around <laughs> the diet philosophy? Be a revol revolving around our bellies. <laughs> and a spare tire. No, I gotta... Um, I gotta take care of my organs, man. Me too. You know, they're, I mean, they're replaceable, but it's like a pain in the ass. Yeah. You just don't want to. So if it's something that we can change, and we were doing really well for a while, but we had a lot of, we're the kind, like we need those external like things, at least for me, like we had the goal, like, like the sliding team, we had the show and like, I knew I needed to be super fit for the show. And then we had like, the stunt stuff it's like okay i have a goal like i have an audition i have a mm -hmm. whatever like i have a goal like we're sitting here in the fucking abyss i don't have a goal i don't have a, a finish line to cross yeah so like i have no way to to like plan backwards from that other than getting test results and realizing that my kidneys are starting to get really mad at me i'm like oh fuck okay well i gotta fix that mm -hmm. so that's but it's it's not a hardcore finish line. So maybe the doctor needs to give you a hardcore finish line <laughs> and say, you will be dead on this day if you don't start. No, that won't work. Because again, it's too nebulous. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm a, as an, you know, one of those weird existential type people, like, like it, that's not even enough for me. It has to be something like for you or for Xander. Okay. Be like, um. like he, I need to like be... My numbers have to be in a certain Ooh. place by this time or else, I don't know. It's hard. Mm -hmm. But I think that's why people don't make that change is because it's hard to just like alter course but not know where you're going now. Yeah. Like you didn't know where you were going before, but at least you were familiar with what you had done to that point. But now you don't know where you're going and you don't even know what you're doing to get there. Mm -hmm. It's very challenging. That's why having a goal is a good idea. Yeah. But then once that goal's done, what do you do? You make a new one. Well, no, you fall off the wagon for a week, and then you find a new <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, man. That's what made July or August so great is, like, after the summer shows were done, it was, like, a couple of weeks of just, like, no regard to what you eat, no regard to, you know, stretching or doing your workouts. It's like you're on vacation. Yeah. And then... You, Bishop you know, happened. Oh, yeah. Then Bishop. <laughs> but, like, all the monstrous shit we ate at bishop it was great oh yeah the food there was so great i i i mean i'm I, my heart saying i'm gonna be sad that it's not happening mm -hmm. but i'm supposed to say man i hope it happens well we're still planning for midsummer um uh, and we're still planning for bishop yeah and we actually talked about a few fun things that we might try and do post halloween season Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see if we can get those going. Um, so yeah, I think as far as Decay Brigade, there's there's still a glimmer of hope of something happening. Yeah. Uh, maybe in 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to plug? Uh. No, I am not producing anything as far as content is concerned. <laughs> so, but you can follow her on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Veronica Voices if you feel like it. And you also have your other one. 
What other one? Oh, the stunt soundie? Yeah. Um, there's definitely nothing to post for that because that whole industry is not doing anything right now. No. And I don't, like, when I'm at work, I'm at work. I'm not taking fucking pictures of myself. So I don't have anything, like, you know, people will be like, Flashback Friday, this was me on set. It's like, I was working on set. I didn't have my phone out snapping selfies in front of a piece of set. Like, that's just not something that crossed my mind because I'm not very good at social media. So, like, I don't even have anything, like, to post from the past. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sun Sound is just sitting there. Yeah. Every once in a while, like, it's a new follow for some reason. I think people like searching by hashtags, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Where can people find you, follow you? Uh, you can follow us at Tales from the Fog. Tales from the Fog on the Instagram. Instagram. Facebook is still pumping. Put mm-hmm. some fun stuff on there. Um, I think that's it. That's Decay Brigade is on YouTube's. Mm-hmm. Instagram Instagrams, at the Cape Brigade Official. Facebook's the Cape Brigade Official. Yes. Um, I think that is it. If you out there are one of the folks who are just undeniably feeling stuck in your house, um, I know it's hard not to feel this way, but you are not alone. Even if you're the only one in your house, there's a lot of people going through what you're going through too. And it might seem weird, like if you're not a person who talks on the phone, I know this is going to sound bizarre, um, call somebody. Or, I mean, don't just call them out of the blue. That's like weird. They're going to think an emergency happened. But like reaching out is not as crazy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Like I don't typically like to talk to people. <laughs> well, that's the fun thing about doing like the Parkinson Con YouTube live thing because you can chat with people. You're all experiencing the same information mm-hmm. at the same time. You can put in your thoughts and ask questions and all that stuff. So it's like you're with people without being with people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like we did the Zoom meeting today with the team. And yeah. before every Decade Brigade meeting, my anxiety shoots through the roof. I, I don't even know truly why. But meetings, I don't like them. I'll stand in front of a thousand people and talk at them. But I can't be part of a Zoom meeting. Because it just, it brings me, the thought of it brings me anxiety. But as soon as it starts, I'm so happy to see everybody who's there. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to talk to everybody. So it might seem bizarre to reach out to people in a way that you haven't before. But um, it's kind of awesome. It, yeah. it serves you more than you think. So um, sit tight, you know, stay away from the news, please. Don't let the negativity drag you down. Find something that brings you some real, real joy. If it's learning, if it's, you know, reconnecting, if it's making things, if it's purging things, if it's cleaning, if it's cooking, find something that you can, can really sink your teeth into, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, so you're not just swirling around in the the what ifs and the unknowns yes that's that's my parting thought and with that until next time guys we'll see you in the fog bye guys bye